Hello and welcome everybody here in the European Parliament uh, to this EVP group talk on organized crime. How do we combat it? How do we break down these criminal networks uh, in the EU? Organized crime, let me count the ways. And that's why e, the EPP group has 50 proposed actions on how to combat organized crime. And joining me to talk about this uh, is Thomas Tobé of uh, Sweden, uh, Jeroen Leners of uh, Netherlands, and you're both on the uh, Civil Liberties, Justice and Home Affairs uh, Committee, LIBE, as they say in short. And this comes after an EPP group hearing that you both hosted uh, on organized crime that include panelists from Europol, Eurojust, uh, EPPO, that's the European uh, Public Prosecutor's Office, uh, the European Commission, that was DG Home Affairs. Uh, and uh, we want to talk about the, the upshot of that uh, as well. Let me just mention one thing. I, I saw um, uh, a couple of uh, actions taken by law enforcement recently. One was uh, Eurojust and Europol with authorities in Italy, Belgium and Germany uh, against international drug trafficking by allegedly by Andrangheta, Andrangheta uh, the Italian criminal organization. 31 suspects arrested, assets were 3.8 million seized, over 800 officers uh, in the raids, mainly cocaine from South America hidden in cars and food. Okay, great. And, and this happens a lot, right? But it's still a drop in the bucket, isn't it? Because when we look at the statistics, uh, statistics show that only about 2% of proceeds from organized crime are frozen and 1% are confiscated. What's wrong with that picture, right? How do we do more? So we have these 50 actions by the EPP group that are, that are uh, proposed. That the, one of them is on Europol, make, giving Europol stronger powers. Uh, who wants to take that first? Um, maybe Thomas, because you got well, the Swedish presidency too, yeah, right? Yeah, true. Yeah. I know, but I think it, it's very clear. I mean, if, if we look at the, uh, the criminal networks uh, that we have in Europe today, uh, I mean, they are operating in several member states uh, at the same time. Mm. And of course, we can see at member state uh, level, of course, our authorities try to combat this, uh, but it's not enough. No. Uh, and, and that's why... Uh, from EPP, we are being quite clear now. We need uh, a much stronger uh, European uh, response. Mm. And of course, everybody's already been talking about that we need to share more information together. Yeah. We need a stronger Europol. That has been, of course, the line of EPP for, for many years. But, but we are now taking uh, and putting on the table is that perhaps we also need to make Europol more operational. Right. Because we need uh, to stop a lot of the weapons that mm. come into Europe and, of course, a lot of the drugs. Drugs, Because this is what makes also the criminal gangs so strong. Yeah. And perhaps we need to have a Europol that actually can be more effective in decreasing this. Of right. course, it's a big, big task, but yeah. we need to start somewhere. So during that hearing that you both hosted, uh, you know, what, what was the upshot of that? Because Europol was there, yes. along with other crime-fighting groups, organizations uh, in, in the EU. What was the upshot of that talk? Well, I think, first of all, to, to also underline what, what Thomas said, that's really important. We see that 70% of, of organized crime in the European Union is active in more than three member states. That We have abolished the borders within Europe. But we see that criminals still manage to use these borders yeah. to, to hide their, 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 their criminal model. So it's very important that we have a cross-border approach and, and European agencies like Europol are crucial. And we talk a lot about Europol in this house, uh, about it, the way it, it has to deal with data, what its competences are. 
the hearing that we organized, it was very important to speak with Europol and to also ask them the question, listen, what, what would you actually need? And we're convinced that they need this more operational uh, approach. But what would you actually need in order to, to deliver on that? Yeah, what, what tools most, do you need, uh, right? What tools? And, yeah. and, and, they, and I think this was also a, a wider issue uh, in the hearing that we've had. There's a, there's a, 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 a huge uh, concern in the law enforcement community. It's also been picked up by the Swedish presidency, mm. very, put it as a very high priority. And it's the risk of going dark. We see that there is more and more technology developed for us to protect all our communications, end-to-end -end encryption, uh, yeah. protected communication uh, models. But at the same time, we see that criminals use the same technology. They use better technology. And law enforcement is always one step behind because they cannot, uh. they cannot penetrate this layer of communication. And it, all of the, the interlocutors we spoke to, whether it's the public prosecutor's office, whether it's Eurojust, Europol, the, the Belgian minister of, uh, of home affairs um, mm. uh, uh, was there as well. This was one of the key issues, and we need to make sure that we equip our law enforcement uh, community, including Europol, with the appropriate means, also in a digital society, to protect yeah. us all. So, exchange of data, more resources. And what about this meeting? But not not uh, only yeah. exchange of data. Yeah. No. You need to have a way to penetrate into the communication uh, models of criminals right. without and, yeah. sort of breaking the protection for all of us. Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a fine line there. And just, just to add to this, because, I mean, this is really a, a political fight also here mm. in, the, in the European uh, Parliament. I mean, yeah. uh, this week in, in Strasbourg, we will have a, a vote on artificial, artificial intelligence. Yes. And of course, we need to, to regulate it. it. We need more common rules. Yeah. But one of uh, the political questions is that we think, of course, our, uh, our authorities need to have the opportunity, for example, to use facial recognition mm -hmm. when it comes to prevent uh, a terrorist from making sure. even more attempts and to make terrorist deeds. Yeah, it's a powerful or tool. Or perhaps, for example, if you are in, in a situation where you have kidnapped a child. Yeah. But the left of this house is saying, no, you should not have this. No. This is right. about the personal integrity. Yeah. And I, I always ask them the question, how can the personal integrity of the terrorist yeah. be more important than preventing a terrorist attack in our country? Okay, and, another... and this is a political <clears throat> fight that we need to take from EVP. Right. Another related action uh, was this, this meeting among the uh, Justice and Home Affairs me, uh, ministers, where they agreed uh, on a, an, a migration and asylum pact uh, uh, that will, could have impact on smuggling networks, right? On people smuggling. Can you can you comment on that, maybe, Jeroen? Well, I think maybe uh, Thomas is the is our As lead. More Thomas is the no, he's, he's our lead negotiator yeah, on, take... on the migration pact. So okay. I, I would uh, I would ask Thomas uh, first on no, this. Well. Could you this don't know, know everything, but, <laughs> but could no, but this help to see, fight see, but people seriously, smuggling? Seriously, I, I yeah. think what we need to say is, I mean, uh, this is huge. I mean, uh, for the Swedish presidency uh, to be able to uh, deliver a strong support in council, to be ready to negotiate together with us in the European with Parliament. With the Parliament, yeah. Because I think we are really at a crossroad now. I mm. mean, we have to kind of make a decision. Should we have more control? Uh, do we need to have more European migration policy, yes or no? Mm -hmm. And I think most of us understand that we have a common border that we need to have better control of. We need to register all the people that comes. Mm -hmm. Everybody understands that 
We have too many people coming to Europe that don't uh, have the right to asylum in Europe. They are economic migrants and they need to return because right. then it will be easier for us to solve perhaps one of the hard questions. How, should we how, how can we uh, make sure that we have solidarity between the member states? And right. finally now, we are in a position where we actually now can start uh, negotiation together. Hmm. I very much look forward to this because I think for EPP, it, is, uh, it has been a big priority for a long time because mm. I think our citizens demand that we actually have more control of the migration. Right. And to your question about the smugglers, yeah. today it is the smugglers who decide the volume mm. of migrants to Europe. Yeah. And this cannot... Uh, I mean, we need to have more cooperation with third countries. We need to crack down on the smugglers right. and also send the message that if you don't have the right to asylum to Europe, you should not pay a lot of money to a smuggler. You should not got, go into a very dangerous boat right. uh, and try to cross the Mediterranean. Right. It's a bad idea. So there's a linkage there. Also, those, the ministers agreed on uh, their position on a draft directive on asset recovery, uh, following the money, basically. And, yeah. and that is also uh, one of the actions that the EPP group wants, is to follow the money, setting up this new anti-money laundering authority, AMLA, uh, to do it, to go after that money, uh, you want swift and full implementation of that AM, AM, AMLA package, right? You know. No, absolutely, and it's also good to see. Uh, I have to say that that uh, um, quite a few of the points that we have written down in our position paper last year on how to tackle organized crime in the European Union are already on the table now, and, and we're working towards the, the legislative conclusion. Right. I think uh, anti-money laundering is absolutely crucial because if criminals have no opportunity anymore. To, to launder their, their criminal money in, into to, to proper normal uh, uh, money, it, it will really hurt the business model. So that's mm. a key priority. And the confiscation uh, package is also crucially important because what we see now, and I see this also locally in my area, uh, we have a lot of drugs-related criminality in my, in my area in the Netherlands. Uh, when we catch criminals and we manage to prosecute them Mm. it is still very complicated to, to reach into their pockets, so to yeah. say. Uh, if, if the money, if the expensive cars, if the jewelry, if the watches, if they are not in the Netherlands, but in Belgium or Germany, which are very nearby to where I live, it, it's a very bureaucratic procedure with very limited results. And this whole package of, of freezing, mm. confiscation of assets, following the money, hurt them, hit them where it hurts the most, in their wallets, that's the only way to, to do this. And we need European... Uh, coordination on this because yeah. it is, like we said, it is a European issue and we cannot treat this only from within the borders of the member states. Yeah, because there are a number of countries, including the Netherlands, that are reclaiming land from the mafia and handing it over for social purposes. I saw a report on uh, Euronews about that. It's quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, any case, uh, let's, let's move into uh, cross-border information exchange, that data exchange. That's something else that the EPP group is, is calling for Given the lack of this cross-border information exchange, the criminal groups can relocate their activities from one member state to another. You, you, you've got a good story on that, don't you? They can move their... Well, this is, this is um, I think, first of all, we have to also recognize that a lot has happened already in, in, in the European Union in, yeah. in the past 10, 15 years in order to improve data information uh, sharing between member states, uh, yeah. joint investigation teams, uh, uh, the, the police, uh, uh, cooperation that we have now also put into legislation. So there's a lot of things that happen and we, we can be proud happened, of that. Yeah. But it's not enough yet. No. And I think that's also very clear in our position paper. We need to have more 
information exchanges uh, and also more in real time and uh, and, yeah. and and quicker. Like that we business that, that shifted from the Netherlands just Netherlands just over the border. Well, to but Germany, this is this right? is this is a key issue because this is what we're talking about, not about criminal data or justice data but about uh, administrative data. Yes. Uh, we have the situation in the Netherlands where a mayor can, for instance, close a, a restaurant or a pub or uh, revoke the license if there is a situation of, of, of drugs uh, abuse. Uh, but we cannot share that information with our neighbors. Now, mm -hmm. I come from an area where we have more borders with Germany and, and Belgium than with the rest of the Netherlands. So this mayor that I'm, uh, I refer to, he had to sit there and watch uh, uh, a bar owner for which he had revoked the permit, simply moved six kilometers to the east, different European country, and he was not allowed to inform his neighbor on the German side about the potential danger of this uh, particular person. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And I think this is the next step. We're yeah. not there yet, but this is something we also need to focus on in Europe. What about hiding the money to cryptocurrencies? Uh, Thomas, can I ask you about that? Uh, that's another action that the EPP group has on that list of 50 actions, uh, combat misuse of cryptocurrencies and organized crime. Yeah. How do you want to do that? I mean, uh, I think it's it's pretty clear that we see uh, not only private persons, but especially uh, the criminal networks. Uh, they have used the situation uh, that we have now, that this is not regulated, to be honest. And what we are calling for now, and I must say, I'm, I'm very glad that we had a very broad majority also in the European Parliament, mm. basically making sure that we will now have more common rules and right. that we will actually also demand from the providers that mm. they need to gather information, they need to share information, because this is a way uh, for them, of course, to hide very much of these uh, assets that they are taking. Right. Uh, what about, uh, let's see, I'm just taking down the list, uh, borders and third countries cooperation. More than 50% of the suspected members of criminal networks in the EU are non-EU nationals. Wow. EP group, EPP group wants a consolidated Schengen borders code. And, uh, of course, about the golden visas, the same thing. Yeah. Just get everybody on the same page, right? Get everybody on the same page. And, and I think also we need to be a bit more clear. We need to deport more people from the Union. Mm. They are not uh, citizens of our union. They are here to commit crime and we cannot keep accepting this. So I need, yeah. I think also sometimes we need to be a bit more clear than we have been. Okay, and then a little bit more on data exchange. I see this, this uh, Prum framework. Can you yes. talk about that? That has proved to be an important tool in cross-border law enforcement. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But maybe first also to pick up on the previous point. Okay. Um, because one thing that is very important, so we're here in Strasbourg about Two kilometers to the east from here, there is a, a basement where we have the servers of many of the EU information systems. So okay. on the Eurodoc for uh, migrants and people crossing our borders, right. on the Schengen information system, on the visa information system, on ECRIS TCN, we all have these servers there. And they're in the same basement about 20 centimeters apart from each other. But they cannot be linked to each other. Why? Why not? Because they were built for different purposes, from right. different uh, legal bases, et cetera, et cetera. So one of the things we've done, and which we also highlight in this, yeah, um, sure. this position paper, is we need, to, we need to bring this all together. We yeah. need to make sure that if we have one of these uh, third country nationals who is uh, a criminal, that we can see this before he ever reaches the European Union by comparing all the data that we have available, and not only in the little silos that we have. Right, uh, automated exchanges of fingerprints, vehicle registration, this is DNA prim. data. This is prim. 
So, so Prüm. Prüm, Prüm is uh, Prüm is the the it's named I think after the the town yeah. in in Luxembourg where okay. it was. Uh, where it was first established, it's very important. And add facial rec recognition. Yes, and now this That's is added. Want. We have uh, Paolo Rangel, EPP, uh, is, is, is leading the work uh, in the parliament on the, uh, uh, on the renewal of Trum to make it more efficient, yeah. to make it quicker, because yeah. sometimes now we see that in this data exchange, it works well, but it sometimes takes a lot of time. Right. And to also bring it uh, up to into line with, with the modern well, requirements. Well, you say that some critics, probably other parties, are saying, you know, wait a minute, what about uh, privacy? Uh, what about misuse by some governments to nail some of their political opponents? How do you prevent that from being misused? I think in Prüm, that is really not the issue here. Okay. Uh, I, I understand that, of course, we, we are currently, unfortunately, in the European Union, where in, in a number of member states, there are serious rule of law deficiencies, mainly Poland and Hungary. And anything we do in terms of justice cooperation, we need to take that into consideration. But in Prüm, when we talk about license plates, facial images, fingerprints, uh, that is really based on, on, on clear, clear conditions uh, and, mm. and a clear framework. So I'm not afraid of that. It's, okay. It is, you know, I, I would really invite the colleagues also in this house who, who are sort of ideological critical uh, of these kind of proposals. Yeah. To, to spend a week with, with local law enforcement in, in cross-border areas. If you right. want to solve any crime, you need to have information exchange with your colleagues on the other side of the border. Yeah. If not, we leave border regions in the EU as a massive playground for criminals at the expense of our citizens. This is something we need to solve. It's what the EP wants to solve. And if other groups want to make that as complicated as possible, then they explain that to the citizens in the elections next year. Massive playground for criminals. Yeah. It's a good hashtag. But it's, it's, exa uh, it's, exactly, there, right? yeah, it's exactly the same point that Thomas made when we talked about artificial intelligence. If your child goes missing, if your child is abducted, would you want law enforcement to use all the available technology to find your child? Yeah. Or would you say, no, no, but I'm ideologically against yeah. finding my child? Right. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, that's Let's a good have example. that debate. Yeah. Another example. One more thing I wanted to hit on because I know we're running out of time, but I think it's important is one of the another action that the EPD group wants is this this problem of blank firing weapons being converted into live firing weapons. EPP group wants to put an end to that, right? Any, yeah, no, any comment on that? No, no, there is. We have a, a huge issue uh, with guns yeah. in the European Union. Uh, we see guns, you know. Uh, guns used in, in the Yugoslavian war that, oh. that are, are, are ended up in depots that are now coming into the market. We see guns that were never supposed to be uh, uh, fired now being transformed into, uh, yeah. into real shooting guns. And there's, and there's a firearms directive already. Yes. But... It doesn't work properly, so yeah. it needs to okay. be updated. Right. There you go. Period. Uh, I want to do a quick uh, look at the Swedish presidency because now it's wrapping up. It's coming to an uh, end. <laughs> so what, what have, I mean, we could talk about this for a half an hour, but what are no. a couple of the key points and, uh, and where do we go from here? No, but I mean, Spain uh, takes it over uh, next. Uh, no, but I mean, of, of course, uh, I think uh, the Swedish presidency also, um, the priorities has been very much aligned with the EPP group, to be honest. Mm. I mean, uh, combating cross-border crime, of course, a lot of focus on the support for Ukraine. Right. Uh, I would also like to add the question of uh, competitiveness, because I think that is uh, also a crucial point for, for Europe in the future, because 
I mean, the, the economic situation uh, that many people are under now, it's really, really important now that we have reforms yeah. uh, to make the European economy stronger. Good. So, I mean, it's a job always a work in progress, but progress made. Yeah, right? I mean, and, so. and, and of course, uh, I, I must say that... Uh, we now have a position in the in the council on the migration package uh, is right. huge, right. Uh, and hopefully this can also lead that we together with our uh, Spanish uh, friends, mm. let's see who is elected. We have Spanish elections. Hopefully, yeah. Partido Popular uh, will uh, will come to we'll office. See. We'll see. But anyway, we need yeah. to finalize the migration pact under no the Spanish what. presidency. No matter what, Thomas, Yaron, thank you so much, and thanks to thank you. all of you for uh, for watching. Uh, this EPP group talk on uh, law enforcement, fighting organized crime. And uh, keep in mind, uh, at EPP group uh, for any social networking. Um, and uh, I, I like that uh, playground uh, reference. Yeah, that was a playground for organized crime. We want to prevent that. Yes. So that was a good tweet. And also uh, EPP group.eu for any further information. My name is Chris Burns. See you next time.